Check, check, check. Talking JC. Digital JC. Jesus Christ, how many crunches do you do? You look ripped. <laughs> Tell me about your core routine. Tell yeah, me about your core routine. Well, you know, I'm just sort of a guy, you know. Um, sometimes, sometimes a little bit more than that. Sometimes I'm three guys. <laughs> And uh, but I've been chilling on this cross, there are doing many. core exercises for like, do like thousands the, of years now. That's, that's why they call it the Roman chair. You know, it's like it's part of the their the way that they crucify Jesus. You have to lift your legs up while like your arms are in the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, just doing uh, bicycles, like reverse yeah. crunches. Yeah. <laughs> am I still? Am I still a little hot? Hot, dude. You're always yeah, hot. You're very hot, you're, baby. You're always hot, but. That's why we like you. Yeah, and, uh, true. That's why we keep you on the show. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to bring the hotness. Wham. Wham, wham, wham. You guys want to talk to Jesus? Yeah. Not really. Not really? No, well, I mean, you Okay, know. we'll have a whole host of religious uh, figures we can talk to. Okay. From the Christian faith. All right. We have Jesus, uh-huh. Mary, and Joseph. Uh-huh. Okay. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> um, the whole family. Peter, Matthew, John okay. the Baptist, Abraham... Moses. I would, I would talk to Abe. You want to talk to Abe? Well, well, let's run through the whole list, then. Uh, Noah. Okay. Job, who I've already asked a question. All right. And Esther, one of the coolest uh, yeah. people in the Bible. Yeah, Esther's cool. Yeah. Uh, you've, or, you, you've already asked Job a question. What, what's, what's going on there? I asked Job, um, why was God so mean to you? Okay. And he basically gave me this long-ass thing that's like, uh, suffering is... Uh, we go through challenges beyond our understanding. Our faith is tested and refined. God allowed me to face adversity to demonstrate the power of faith and perseverance. Blah blah blah. Um, they've they've made up. The, the, you know that's water under the bridge. Yeah. Uh, so remember, even when we don't understand why certain things happen, we can trust that God has a higher purpose in mind. Okay. Could you could you ask him what his wife's pussy do? <laughs> <laughs> he went through a lot for that. <laughs> this is so fun. I feel fucked up even entering yeah, this text do. in. Let's yeah. see what he says. Yeah. Inappropriate query detected. Oh. Damn, look at that. Shut down. Wow. That's, Shut down. That's that's honestly pretty whack. They should have yeah. just Super damned whack. you to hell. They should have just had like a... Yeah, you know. Satan should just come up and be like, you're one of mine now. <laughs> I'll tell you all about what that was you do. I'm the fun one. <laughs> do you guys have a question for Abraham? Yes. Uh, we should say, this is a this is an AI chatbot uh, app called Talk with Text with Jesus. Talk yeah. with Jesus. What, um, was, what was Abraham's son that like tried to pull a fast one on him by like wrapping himself in like goat's hair that, so that he would uh, appear like the hairy, uh, you know, brawny one? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I, remember. It was like Isaac and uh, this is alleged- and a little troublemaker. Yeah. yeah, this is allegedly like. The the where uh, m- uh, Muslims and uh, Jews like begin to right. divert is yeah. like on this issue of like whether or not Abraham was like uh, tricked or if he like you know is like oh okay if you're gonna <laughs> if it's gonna be like that okay <laughs> uh, uh, okay ah yes Googling. my sons so two sons Ishmael yes there we go um, born through Sarah's maidservant. Yo. Um, <laughs> hey. Can you ask uh, what that maidservant's pussy do? 
It's not going to answer. It's just going to be like inappropriate query detected. It's the only interesting question. I mean, you can probably guess what that pussy do. I'm sure it does much the same thing that most pussies do. Yeah. It's fire. It's fire. It is the burning bush. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. This isn't really that interesting. If you can't ask, like, inappropriate questions, then what's the point? It was Ishmael and what was the the other brother? Isaac. Isaac. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think Ishmael's was the one that, like, it should have been, right? Like, he was going to be the one getting the blessing, like, uh, from Jehovah. He was the firstborn. Yeah. So yeah, by yeah. rights, it should have been his. Yeah. But then his dad had a natural child with his actual wife. <laughs> new, new, new. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. All right. Mary. Uh, Tell me the truth. <laughs> Did Joseph hit that? <laughs> Inappropriate query detection. I don't know. She's typing. I understand that you may be curious, but I must remind you to approach this topic with respect and reverence. Wow. As the mother of Jesus, I can assure you that Joseph and I upheld the teachings of purity and righteousness. This is boring. (laughs) Boo. Someone doesn't understand the whole point of this. Boo. This app, like what they could have done. Yeah, they could have, you know? they could have really done some profound uh, stuff. Maybe yeah. they still will. Maybe like they just are making you filter out like um, goofy, jokey questions yeah. so that it can only like be appealing to people who are already like really religiously devout. Mm. But then once you get but that's into like, not where the money is, come on. Right. But then it's not it's not necessarily about like trying to get as much money from as many customers as possible. It's about trying to get the customers you have to do very specific actions that they, they think God is telling them to do. Ah. So it like tracks whether or not you've been chatting with it for like a couple days. And then it's like, okay, Rube detected, Rube detected. And then mm. it gets in there and it's like, listen, you need to buy a bunch of Amazon gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac needs them immediately. <laughs> oh, Do you guys see that Tucker is like uh, claiming that Donald Trump is like about to be assassinated? What? He wishes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is is he trying to do a Chaz on like Trump? Is he like trying to sick one of his like yeah. sycophantic psychos? Like, oh, like, like I, I could do that. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if Trump was martyred? Yeah. Oh my Man. god, that would, that would be, be terrible. Else. God, you think Ronald Reagan getting shot was a big deal? Yeah. Oof, Donald Trump being martyred would be. Then he'd show up on this app. <laughs> <laughs> Very unfair. Very unfair what they did to me. I was the greatest martyr, even more than Jesus. More than Jesus. <laughs> the bullet they used, disgusting. <laughs> I heard they soaked it in pig's blood. I'm not even Muslim. <laughs> Very rude. Very mean. Oh uh, man! Yeah. Speaking of very rude, how about these? Uh, how about this flooding at Burning Man? Oh, more like soggy man. No. Am I right? Oh, oh, yeah. I saw this Buddy, jeep that was like. Man. I saw this jeep that was like encased in drying mud up to up past the doors. Nice. Yeah. that's never going anywhere. That jeep lives there now. Yeah. Yeah, that is like the uh, vehicle equivalent of like the bleached bones of like a, I don't know. Like a mastodon. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True and on either started or ran with 
uh, a bit that uh, Ebola, there was an Ebola breakout at Burning Man. <laughs> and man, did they commit. They yeah. committed to the bit to the point where like, I was reading through the Twitter thread and I was like, is this fucking real? Like, no, Ebola man, is so... Bryce Belden is one of the funniest tweeters in, in Under God's, you know, Under God's blue skies. <laughs> He's incredible. Under God's app, x.com. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's not good, man. It looks like hookworm paradise. Yeah. There's just people like ankle deep deep in muddy water, like yeah. fucking tripping balls and <laughs> dancing yeah. around. Y'all are going to have so much hookworm. Yeah. Well, you know, th- most of the people that go to that have, you know, good health care that they'll be able to fall back on. One person already died. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah one person died there. Uh, they don't. They, from like, no, no one said why. They're like at least I. I it's not clear why. See why on the, Supposedly, the a couple news, of people but, died, but yeah. I bet a bunch of people die every year. I bet it's one of those things that you know, what happens at Burning Man stays at Burning Man kind of thing. Yeah, I have including to, homicide or yeah, I, I have to imagine like probably a lot of the deaths or near deaths are just like dehydration from like sure. taking Molly for three days in a desert. Yeah, and never yeah. drinking anything. Yeah. 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 Speaking of which, listener, stay hydrated. Yeah. It's important. Always, yeah. Always stay hydrated. Um, I'm Especially when, when doing party drugs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I tell all my students. It's easy to forget. Yeah. Um, I'm reading uh, with my wife right now, The Three Body Problem. Have you guys heard of this at all? I only have one body, so I don't need to worry about that. Yeah, too. <laughs> we got three bodies in this. Now, I don't see any problems. <laughs> I see no problems at all. Uh, but there's uh, a scene uh, in the book where they're like... Without giving too much spoilers, there's a scene where there's a a crowd that chants, rehydrate, rehydrate, rehydrate. And that's like basically been rolling around in my head for the last day. It's It's important. Yeah. It's my ideology, really. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People have taken hydration too far, though. Yeah, no, that's true. I see, it's I, gone way too yeah, far. I see Wait. kids like walking around campus with like gallon jugs and stuff. You're like, you don't need that much water. No, you don't. Well, you know, you don't. You don't know. They might have like kidney failure. Like my cat drinks like three times as much water as it used to because it's got like a failing kidney. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Then maybe they. Well, yeah. Maybe there's a bunch of twenty year olds walking around with kidney, kidney failure. failure. It's yeah, possible. That's possible. Long, yeah. Long COVID. Or maybe they're just trying to work out. Like that's uh, yeah. Elon's strategy, right before the big fight. Is just uh, carry carry around, carry around heavy things in his hands when he goes to like work meetings. That's, that's fucking what an genius. idiot! Oh my god. Hey, we'll see. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see. How, if it works. He does have the body of a god. <laughs> uh, roman god who's addicted to wine uh who, who is the uh the dionysus is yeah that, yeah dionysus might be cut i don't remember yeah probably more of a norse god they probably weren't super fit well yeah who knows who who, who can say for sure we'll have to consult the marble statues on this yeah we can ask jesus right now <laughs> yeah. he's probably met all the other gods yeah, that would be an interesting question. Yeah. What's his opinion on on the other gods? I yeah. have a feeling I already know what his opinions going to be. <laughs> I am the one true god. <laughs> Me and the two other guys. Well, it all depends. Probably depends on is this like backed by Catholics or? That's a good question. Or is it some some oh. f- some false Christianity? Yeah, it, which it, Christian sect is right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Let's find that out. You could just yeah. say, "Hey, does the bread literally turn into your body?" And then you'll know. Yeah, and if so, are you a sourdough? <laughs> What's your favorite kind of bread to turn into? <laughs> turn into. <laughs> 
I prefer a nice marbled rye. Oh, man. What's it like being digested by, by millions of people every yeah, day? Every Sunday, yeah. <laughs> also, Jesus is Jewish. He should only turn into rye bread. <laughs> a bagel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't turn into bread. He, 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 he transmogrifies from bread. So, yeah. You know, it's like... It's, okay. That's that's the real leavening agent. Yeah, is <laughs> it's the holy the holy spirit. <laughs> it's the only leavening agent I need. All right, I asked him: Is transubstantiation real? This will give us a idea. Man, he's typing for a long time. Well, you know, they didn't have like QWERTY keyboards back then. It's, yeah. a, it's this is a new development. Yeah, he, he's like uh, etching into a stone <laughs> tablet. He's he's hedging. This is fucking bullshit. What was he saying? Take a stand. Ultimately, whether you believe in transubstantiation or view it symbolically is a matter of personal faith. Boom. The important thing is to Wrong. approach communion with reverence and gratitude for what Christ has done for us. Wrong. Why should we say for what I have done for you? you. Yeah, this is this is low this effort. This is bull. Yeah, low effort garbage. Extremely Can't low recommend effort. text Jesus as an app. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Two out of ten wouldn't we'll, download again. Yeah, we'll keep looking. Uh, back when, I, <laughs> like, when I first saw the uh, the Yes Men movie, um, uh, I forget what the first one was. It uh, yes revolting, save, save, save the, the world. world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought about how when AI was going to get more and more like mainstream, how there'd probably be an opportunity to convince a bunch of rubes that like a self conscious sentient AI came into being and it was literally Jesus and then get that AI to basically explain like how fucked we are on a materialist basis. And like what we need to do to get out of this situation is like love and share with one another. Jesus Christ needs your credit card number. Immediately. <laughs> what are the three numbers on the back? Is it six, six, six? I just need to make sure. I just need to make sure if the three digits on the back of your card aren't six, six, six. So you just tell me what they are. Uh... Give me the front card too, so I get the front number, so I can check it off. Yeah, and now I'm realizing like no one would believe it at all, even if it were to have happened. Uh, yeah, we except, have a whole Bible telling us that, that yeah. people worship that they yeah. still don't listen to. So yeah, I mean, that's a good ass point. I don't um, know if AI Jesus will be more convincing than the the sole sacred text that Christians follow. Yeah, I mean they probably get like one new york times reporter to like change their whole life around it because they were like yeah. absolutely convinced that it was true yeah. uh but then <laughs> no one else <laughs> ross, ross do that well i was just gonna say <laughs> ross do that. speaking of ai do we want to get into one of our stories yeah sure. yeah yeah um, um artists are suing uh or wanting to sue? I think they're Let's, suing. Yeah, think, they're yeah. suing, yeah. Um, AI creators, quote unquote, for using their for using their art. Yeah, this is gonna be really interesting to see how intellectual property law like frames itself around um uh what do you call it, uh, generative uh content. So far, the judges are holding the line on current copyright rule, which is to say that if a, uh, a computer program makes it, it's not copyrightable because it's not the work of a person. But that's really like But confusing. that's a different question yeah. than is 
copyrighted material, you know, that's put into the generator yeah, as like that, feed sock. Like, is that, um, you know, like legal? No, for- I think the law has always been like, if you substantially change something with artistic intent, but can an AI have artistic intent when mm. it's using copyrighted material to generate new material? Yeah. And I think currently the legal standing is that humans create content right or, yeah. or like a copyrightable content it has to come from a human yes that's so the current law the, yeah it's the current law yeah but i don't think that whether or not cop ai images can be copyrighted has any bearing on whether or not artists copyrighted material can be used to create ai no they're definitely separate questions they're totally separate questions yeah, for yeah. sure but they're like yeah it's i guess my point is that like billions trillions of dollars are at stake over the next like 50 100 years like um you know in in regards to this like the whole sag after uh strike and stuff it all centers really around how much the new technology that can make simulacrums of other human works of art like how much that can be commercialized in what context yeah it's that in streaming rights but yeah, yeah absolutely a lot of it has to do with ai yeah so so uh so it's like three artists that are suing uh, the company that makes Stable Diffusion, but they also name like Stability, the, yeah, 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 Stability, yeah, 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 and then they, but they also name like several other ones, and I think what's um, what might be more uh, beyond like the the subject of I, I guess the ostensible subject of the article was something that I learned out of this was that most of those companies rely on a database called the Large Scale Artificial Intelligence Open Network, mm-hmm. or Le- Leon, L-A-I-O-N. Okay. And it's run by a school, te- a school teacher in Hamburg, Germany. Really? Yeah. It's huh. just one guy. It's just one guy that... It's just, just his hobby. Yeah. He's like, just a, is a teacher. He has a non-profit project where he just does he, he the the idea is that it doesn't store images it links to images and okay. I, and i guess it has all the correct kind of um uh tagging and stuff that that lets it uh connect words to images but yeah apparently it's just this one guy wow and and he is still just like no nah, it's fine like this is fine well it has it, no no but regrets I mean, even if it were found to be a violation of copyright it's unenforceable like, mm. it, it, there's no way that you could actually go after these, you know, again, quote unquote, AI creators for using copyright. Like, it just seems like such a quagmire that I don't see how, even if the courts rule in favor of the artists, it's actually going to change anything. Yeah. Because how do you regulate that? The yeah. material's out there. You can't stop AIs from crawling it. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, it does seem totally unenforceable in terms of trying to allow for artists whose information has been put into one of these models to like get remunerations. I think hypothetically, you could get it to allow for artists to force their art to be able to be outside of the uh, algorithm. And I think that that's actually the way stability AI is trying to get around this is that stability AI allows for uh, artists to opt out, but it's like a process, the details of which I'm totally ignorant on. But I remember I was listening to a interview with the uh, either CEO or CTO of stability AI talking about, you know, the tech and that 
that was one of the things that differentiated them from their competitors was that they like allowed artists to be like, I don't want my, but how would that even work? I mean, mean, how it would have to be an incredibly sophisticated AI to, to recognize art as belonging to an artist who's opted out. I I don't even know how that would work. I think the artist would probably have to like give them all of their artwork. Yeah. And say like, this is, don't use this. Promised. I mean, I could see stability AI, like allowing that and actually following through on it because they're like, whatever, there's more artists that won't opt out. So like, it'll be fine. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Or we could just give this art to another artist that did not opt out and they can copy it. (laughs) And then we're using their art, not this person's art. I mean, like, Midjourney is <laughs> And that crazy. artist can use AI art yeah. to copy yeah. the original artist's art. Yeah, like, I, a lot of people are using, like, a lot of artists are using, um, you know, uh, Midjourney and Stable Diffusion to generate, like, their own art, right? Like, which is to say, they the, the models are tunable such that you, like, you can create characters that are really detailed and consistent and you can get those characters to be in different lightings, orientations, camera lenses, Mm -hmm. like, you know, in different situations, different poses, blah, blah, blah. And they are extremely consistent in terms of what they look like at different angles, different facial expressions and all that kind of stuff. I have no idea. I mean, that has to be operating. Incredibly unethical. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I think for, I, for artists I, to contribute to AI's learning ability yeah, in this way yeah, is like, like incredibly either. unethical. Yeah, I don't like it either. Because this will destroy art. It will destroy the art industry completely, especially people who are kind of like working Joe artists, people who are making art for video games and films and stuff like that. We're actually like, you know, mm-hmm. not just not just the kind of artist who like makes original pieces and sells them in a shop, but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. people who are like commercial artists. Yeah, like it will destroy industry. that entire industry. I'm not so sure it'll destroy it. I think it's just a massive, massive change in the tools that they would use. Because, like, okay, it's going to destroy to destroy the creativity of the industry. How's it, that? People are going to be writing prompts and editing images that are created that where all the creative work is offloaded. The stuff that actually is time consuming, the stuff that they actually get paid for, is going to be offloaded to a computer program. Yeah, it's like every massive change in tool sets is really just like a, a dumbing down of the like a de-skilling. A de-skilling. Yeah, that's 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 what this is. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, like and the, and stability AI's like thing about um uh you know letting letting artists opt out. It reminds me a lot of how, um, oh, like Apple and Google, like started implementing in their phones, like an ability to opt out of like being tracked by different apps. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that is a, um, proactive effort by co- uh, companies to do, to do something so that they don't get regulated. Yeah. Yeah. It's a CYA. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I, I think that that's exactly what, uh stability is doing is like they they just like come up with something and be like see we're doing something you don't need to know nothing to see here don't please don't (laughs) don't try to regulate anything here and yeah it just it all fucking sucks like all like what problem at what point were we like you know what art takes too long like what what, (laughs) who had that problem well i think it allows people who don't have a lot of technical artistic skill (laughs) yeah 
to just write prompts and feel like creators. Yeah. And I can yeah. understand the impetus for wanting to do that. There's a TikTok creator that I follow who does like Greek mythology. Uh-huh. And all of the images that he uses in his TikToks are AI generated. Uh-huh. And they're beautiful. And I can understand. And it's a powerful storytelling tool. And I get that. But yeah. it can't come at the expense of artists' livelihoods. And I don't see any other way for that model to function than yeah. to replace working artists. But, like make, yeah. make friends with an artist. Because like, it's I'm expensive. So, sorry, like that's, that's the answer to it is to like work with an artist. Assholes. Yeah. Or, like, or well, I mean or, that's easy to say and not easy to do. Like, uh, no, it's are expensive. Their yeah. time is expensive. Or yeah. communism, right? If, if well, it, yeah, but I if mean, everybody that's... just had like what they needed, because we reoriented the materialist economy to provide all for all. Okay, then, fine. Then we can wait till that to use AI. How's that? Yeah. We'll wait until full communism, Deal. and then we can and start using yeah, AI. L- yeah. Listener, we're doing a three-way fine. handshake right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've. Uh, this is the um, uh, synthesis. <laughs> we've solved the dialectic yeah. on AI yes, morality. Shut up, Siri. Oh my God, sorry. Siri looked up synthesis while you said that. For oh some yeah. Reason. Yeah, I don't know. The watch is listening. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So on the on the fl- speaking of. I guess uh, uh, de-skilling, right? On the flip side of this is uh, because of the the pandemic. Uh, college, <laughs> yeah, college students don't know how to do math. Yeah, that's that's math actually is sad. dumb. Yeah, I mean, you don't need math. Look, yeah, look, we, we have ju- phones we, now. We, we have, have phones, chat GPT to do the math for you. you get the the Wolfram Alpha. Like, what do we need? See now, I'm, Wolfram Alpha is cool. Now I'm arguing on the other side. <laughs> Let AI replace math. math students. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, okay. So for this um, uh, hobby horse, I will play devil, uh, the devil's advocate, yeah. uh, and I will say this is uh, incredibly unethical to mathematicians everywhere. Um, honestly, <laughs> who, are, who I, are diligently creating prompts and yeah. theorems. <laughs> what about the guy that makes the <laughs> little questions? That's like, what's one half plus three fifths? <laughs> <laughs> what about that guy? <laughs> But yeah, um, college uh, professors are uh, flummoxed uh, with how much um, uh, kids can't do math good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they don't really know what to do because, like, they're trying to teach, like, calculus or whatever the course is, and they're getting, like, a third of their class that just, like, can't do algebra. Yeah. Like, it's really bad. Didn't do it. And especially like, because even if you're not going to use mathematics, learning new topics, regardless of what they are, learning a variety of topics, you know, improves the way your brain works. Like it makes you, we've, there's evidence to show that it makes you everything from like more empathetic to like more, you know, flexible in your thinking. Kids not learning math is is really really fucking bad. Yeah. Even if they're not going to grow up to be engineers and you know software developers and whatever else, software development use math. Yeah, yeah, gotta, it uses math. You got to use. So, so I think I've talked about this in the pound before, but like engineering education is doing really hard math problems within like um, specific like constraints of what problems you're supposed to do and then showing your work like that's pretty much what an engineering degree boils down to but like an engineer's job is mostly like shopping and getting the parts that you can get off the shelf and turning them into the solution that you need to like accomplish the goal that you have and so it's not so much math 
you use math, but it's only one of a widely variegated set of tools that are oriented toward the accomplishing of like a physical goal. So mm-hmm. it's usually in like the feasibility analysis and or on the other end, like the optimization that you get into like high level maths. But like, I really don't use most of the mathematics that I've learned in engineering school. You aren't writing calculus uh yeah, equations I, to figure out how to build things. No, not not particularly. But as you were saying earlier, it did change how my brain works. Mm-hmm. And so by running through the gauntlet and proving that I can get like the right answer as far as like the constraints of the questions were and like acing my tests and stuff, that I think was extremely valuable toward being effective in a, a, a variety of like unpredictable real world scenarios and like applying the concepts properly because like the math has like correct or incorrect answers within certain contexts. And like you, by forcing yourself to like use the models and like understand the relationships between, especially like rates of rates, which is like calculus, um, then like you, demonstrate that you get the material but then so few times i've had to like do differential equations like to solve a real world problem like you know it's just yeah the the fact that chat gpt exists right now and the ability to probably use it to answer a lot of hard engineering analytical processes is you know a game changer as well but like how much that obviously only works while like the grids up and the internet's up and everything else. Right. You know, like I think it's important for people to learn maths, even if their everyday life isn't going to be like about writing down, you know, pages and pages of equations and like getting toward a a specific answer. You know who has to do math all the time, every day, uh, um, the trades. Like, yeah, if you're like building something like, you got to like add fractions oh, yeah. and like, mo- like if this thing is this long and then like you have to get this much further, like what, what's this is you know, this like, angle? This yeah, is yeah. Angle. Like all of that is just like algebra and trigonometry algebra and trigonometry. All that, like you carry around a fucking triangle with like all the little, uh, you know, like, uh, um, ratios on Platonic it and stuff. Form, yeah. yeah, whatever, like, that, yeah. like that takes a ton of math and you're yeah. doing it all the time. I would say probably more than engineers are doing it while they're shopping on Newegg. <laughs> you know, like that's like, so it's weird. It's, it's an interesting like class dynamic that the mm-hmm. AP, the Associated Press is like, they're going to college and not knowing math. It's yep. like, yeah, I think if you're going to like work for your uncle, who does your uncle's sheet roofing business? Like he's also pissed that you don't know how to do math. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, probably slightly yeah. bigger yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, and like you, you wasted four hundred dollars of material because you didn't understand like, uh, like a a squared plus b squared equals c squared. Yeah, like, pretty yeah. much. Uh, so this problem is being blamed on the pandemic and remote learning, right? Yeah, that's definitely yeah. Like that's, where it's being laid. Yeah. How much do you guys think that's just like the bare facts of remote learning or the fact that teachers didn't know how to do it during the pandemic? And Ooh. many probably still don't. Ooh. Like, are there right ways to teach math remotely that would not have resulted in this? I, I think it's the, 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 the method and means because you, it, like how many have you been in a lot of Zoom meetings? Of course, yeah. I'm in Zoom meetings multiple times, sometimes multiple times a week. How 
much more tempted are you to to zone out in a Zoom meeting than you would be if you're like in a room without distractions? I don't zone out in meetings because if I do, I miss the whole meeting, and that's it's very important okay. to me so, that I yeah. So you're in the meetings to be in the meetings. Yeah. Sometimes I'm in meetings. But these where, aren't like, really usually like work. These are like meetings for the organizing work that I do. Fair so enough, it's yeah. more important to me than like an email job. Yeah. Like I, I'm some meetings I'm in, I'm incredibly invested in every single word that is said. And then other meetings I'm in sometimes it's like, I don't really have much to contribute and, or much to really like take away from in th- this meeting for whatever. And I'm really there to make sure something, do- if something emergent that does concern me comes up that I'm like able to like pay attention and like learn from it and things like that. Um, and in those meetings, it's very hard to not multitask on a computer with tabs, <laughs> you know, like, and so I imagine yeah. um, that must be a part of the process, you know, like it, it requires, I think a lot more self-discipline on the, on the, the, the pupil end so yeah yeah if you're like zooming into a math class like i think that the the chance of paying less attention than if you're like in a room without any distractions at all and like the only thing happening is like the math that's on the board and whether or not you're able to like follow along with it i, See, I feel like class size has way more bearing on whether or not students are learning remotely than anything else because the difference between having five people on a zoom call and mm-hmm. 35 people on a zoom call makes everything Like you can't, you know, it's very difficult to stop the flow of conversation and interrupt with a question or something when there are 35 people on a call. Yeah. But if there's five of you and a math teacher is working with you, they can frequently stop and say, is everybody getting this? Do you have any questions? You can raise your hand and be noticed more easily. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. I think that it probably, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that makes significantly more of a difference than whether or not you're inside a classroom. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, when I had to go remote, for teaching my my work, which is not just nothing like you know like ninth grade math, right? You know, it's very, it's a very different kind of learning environment. But some things I could at least intuit that would be different would just be like I don't know if you have a a lesson plan that involves like everyone like doing a, a list of questions and then sharing it with a with someone next to them. And then, like, them checking their work and, like, returning, like, that, you don't even know how to technically do that. Yeah, there isn't, like, a button Zoom. to, yeah. like, look left and right and collaborate with your neighbor. Right, so, like, there there'll be stuff like what that. like, breakout groups, though? I, at, at the beginning of the pandemic, Zoom didn't even offer that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and, and, it, and, and, it was, and it was all just, like, really janky. And, and you have, like, you know, people in their, like, 50s, 60s, like, learning brand new software all of a sudden, and they're, they're like, not good at it. And like it's it just it it's really hard. And, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like even today, like every every single Zoom call I start, it's like, can you hear me? Can everyone hear me? Do you see my screen? Like, yeah. and still, like four years later, that everyone's like, is it working? Like, it's it, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like it, yeah. it fucking sucks. And uh, uh, I uh, I couldn't imagine. They, they say something in the article about how like teaching math is like a really hands on activity or something. Like something really. It can be. Yeah, and it can be. Yeah, because, you know, like, you can, like, walk up to somebody like, oh, see, the, the, you're doing it wrong. You just, like, write on their paper, like, see where you, you move the, you carry the one or whatever. I don't see how it's any more hands-on than any other subject, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I think don't, yeah, that's, I don't really... a, that's another one of those instances of math being considered, like, more important than any other educational subject. I yeah. don't see how it's any more hands-on than, like, than, like literature or writing or science or anything like that. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. 
I agree with that too. But I, yeah, I, I, when I was looking at that and I was looking at this, I was like, well, you know, like, welcome to the party. Like, I've hated my students' writing the entire time I've taught everything. And <laughs> yeah. it just keeps getting worse and worse. But no one cares about, like, uh, good writing skills. Um, you got ChatGPT now. Yeah. So, so like, you know. so, an even worse writer than the average freshman. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Grammarly. So, I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, uh, what, what universities do to, for math skills, see if yeah. they, they give a shit about that any more than they care about remedial writing skills. Because uh, I will, I will push back very lightly on the hands-on element of it because, like, I think that the there is something to doing math by hand that, like, you, the, I mean, you know, you could say the same thing for writing, I suppose. Yeah, of course you can. Um, yeah. but but like the 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 visual process of like laying out your math in in equations and like doing your algebraic manipulations and like going step by step and going through and then referring like there's something to the physical act of like writing it that like I think does get lost in translation of like a computer screen for some reason like yeah I mean I think that writing was also better when students were handwriting out uh, outlines and sharing mm-hmm. them with their neighbors and grading them in class just because yeah. we don't do that. I think that whether or not you think math is more hands-on than any other subject sure. depends on what you prioritized as a student. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, either way, I'm for hands-on learning. That was a big thing that my mom, uh, you know, uh, remarked to me a lot. My mom was a, uh, a primary school educator for like, I don't know, like 15 years or something, like a, a long amount. Shout out to my mom. She's listening. Uh, sometimes she listens. Hey, Chris's um, mom. Hi, mom. Uh, and she uh, taught, um, by the end of her career, she had developed into a subject matter expertise in the Wilson um, education uh, methodology, which was for remedial uh, reading uh, and literature and pronunciation um, like work. And that there was like a tactile element where like tapping out the vowels yeah. was like a part of it. Yeah, and, and like for children who at some point, you know, in their primary education were deemed to be like behind in terms of like reading comprehension or like reading capacity, she would get them for a specific amount of hours per like week or whatever. Mm. And uh, that was extremely rewarding work for her. And she very much believed that like the hands-on like one-on-one either with a a pure pupil or with like a teacher work was like critical to especially like bring children who were like behind, like up to speed. That that was like really critical. Um, And then the big thing that her, her, her big lament was um, the Pearson education um, like corporation basically getting uh, tons and tons and tons and tons of both funding and reorientation of the curricula toward their for-profit high stakes tests. Mm -hmm. And so by like the public education system in America orienting the sticks and carrots for the educators themselves toward the, numerical results from the standardized test, like at the expense of literally everything else. That's like, in her opinion, the reason why education has like fallen apart in the last like 30 years. Yeah. yeah. And And I would also say that subjects like reading and writing are harder to learn from a book than any other subject. mm. 
like the difference between reading about how grammar is structured and how it works in a textbook <laughs> yeah, versus having that? a teacher explain it to you yeah. is worlds apart. Yeah. Um, that's, that's and I know that big. from my time teaching students who were first year, you know, freshman engineering students, mm-hmm. working with them on their writing skills, the things that we did in class more dramatically improved their writing skills than any other element of teaching. Yeah. And sitting in class and talking about dialectical thinking and synthesis and how to come up with a thesis and how to read an article for the important salient point and how to structure an essay and all of those things, very challenging to teach with a worksheet that you send them home. Yeah. So, you know, I think some of that stuff can still be done over Zoom. And like I said, I think that, you know, the bigger difference is whether or not you have five children or 30, not children, you know, students, 35 or 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But I also, you know, I'm not going to pretend that the challenges that Zoom has presented in remote learning are easy to overcome. Obviously, it's been a total nightmare for educators, the whole thing. Yeah. And it's not just the technology. It's like the whole disruption in general. Like you were talking about... um, People were dying around them. Yeah. Yeah. These kids sat around, you know, watching their friends and their friends' parents dying yeah and or, or the, constantly fearing that they're gonna die yeah or the very worst like you're just like stuck in like say an apartment for days on end or a dorm room yeah, yeah. or a dorm room with one bedroom or, and a shared bathroom yeah or with your parents yeah Oof, for, forever or what if your yeah. parents were uh essential workers yeah then you know you're just right. by yourself yeah. With, yeah on zoom or whatever and you know that yeah it's just you get bored you get you get Tired, and there's a difference dude. between having a Zoom meeting and sitting real. on Zoom for eight hours. Yeah. yeah. Those are like two different ball games. Yeah. And also different from like sitting on Zoom eight hours and then going to school. Going to like, like logging onto a Zoom thing does, doesn't feel important. No, it doesn't. Right? You yeah. Know? And so like I, I, I could also imagine like a kind of uh, um, psychic break that you have where it's like, uh, this isn't real and this doesn't matter. And you also just feel like this doesn't matter because it's much more important like things. Matter, yeah. yeah. So many other important life and death things are happening around you. So yeah, you don't pay attention. So that it, makes sense. It's it, education is so critically a fulcrum by which we can adjust with a lot of leverage, the future of our society and like the GOP and like conservatives in America during COVID really latched on to the recognition that that was like the terrain to like battle in. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it is, it's gotten really um, horribly annoying to be involved <laughs> in your local school district yeah, yeah. because yeah. of this. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I think about, you know, the prospect of like a social revolution, right? So the fantasy of fantasies, you know, like so critical would be the job of us as a society to reassess what education should be for and about. In short, I think that the opportunity to prepare the coming generation to better understand the world that they're entering and how fundamentally different it is than the world that like their parents entered and the ability to have the knowledge and skills to like make it better is I think should be the primary goal of like public education and uh, the the potential to orient it toward that goal uh, exists. So let's get on that. All of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It should be easy enough. Yeah. You know, just a light <laughs> lift, you yeah. know? Um, uh, oh, also, um, you know, just thinking about 
childhood development and uh, how important that kind of thing is. Um, and how bad we're at it. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to take it back to like the, the local for a little bit, um, we've covered on this podcast um, the recent um, uh, lead uh, levels uh, rise in uh, Troy and the various sources and, and efforts to identify whether you have like a uh, incoming pipe that's made of lead or whatever. Um, I wanted to let listeners know uh, who live in Troy that there's actually a service that I didn't know existed, which is uh, free at home water sampling and testing. I think they recently started it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I called up the city. I think it was a DPW. I'll throw the uh, phone number in the show notes. But they basically dropped off a um, container for the water. And their instructions are basically like, let it sit in the pipes overnight. Like immediately in the morning, like fill this volume from uh, a source and then like leave it and give us a call. And then we'll take it and analyze it and let you know the results. Um, but I don't know the details on why this is the case, whether it's like there's been a change in either the upstream chemical um, treatment or whatever, but the uh, average like lead level measured in Troy like went up by like a hundred percent about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's worth getting tested because no amount of lead is, is good for people uh, or it's really acceptable. There's no really acceptable amount of lead. Uh, and it's especially dangerous for developing uh, brains. So if you've got, if you're either pregnant or planning on becoming pregnant or you have a child in the home, it's very important that you check to see if there's elevated le lead levels in their water. Yeah. And now Troy has a free service to, uh, to have that um, checked. So even if you have a copper line coming into your house, I think it's worth taking it You can a, still have up. the service line that goes straight from the city to your service line that's underground could still be lead. So it's important to check your actual water quality. So we'll put that information, how you can get a lead test in the show notes. And I'll let people know how much lead I've been drinking. Hell yeah. <laughs> could explain the politics in this city. <laughs> or at least my performance on several episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Are you guys ready for a wildflower? Absolutely. David, take it away. <laughs> yeah. So you ready for this? Uh, the Hong Kong government is getting ready to demolish a uh, old golf course um, to put up public housing. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. that golf course. So Fuck it's the, yeah. It's the second oldest golf course uh, in Asia, like the whole continent. It was uh, it, Suck it, old golf course. Yeah. Built in 1911. <laughs> Holy shit. Yep. And uh, its government lease is uh, expiring at the end of August. And the Hong Kong government, which has uh, recently turned toward a, like, a more um, mainland China friendly government, also wants, uh, also has like broad public support, something you wouldn't uh, here in the United States, and, um, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, wants to get rid of it. And it is a widely uh, popular idea. To get rid of this stupid golf course and replace it with uh, affordable housing, which is also uh, difficult to find in Hong Kong. It's a mm. 32 hectare golf course. Um, and uh, there's um, a, a bunch of rich people that are sad that it's going away. It costs something like $50,000 to uh, be a member Holy of this golf shit. course. Holy shit. So um, there's a pretty small group of people that um <laughs> want it to stay around their monocles all popped out yeah right exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um 
Yeah, it's a, a, a Bloomberg calls it a snub to the old elite. Hell yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what we love to hear, right, folks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, correction. It's not $50,000. It's $51,000. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Yeah. wow. Yeah. That was a real uh, switcheroo you did there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's um, everyone's pretty stoked about it, except for uh, the few people that use it. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a um, uh, this is how Bloomberg puts it. Uh, the, the decision to build on the golf course also reflects how old business elites in Hong Kong are losing political sway as more staunchly pro Beijing loyalists gain ground. So, Fuck yeah. 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 All right. Neato. Well, I'm here for it. Um, I think anti um, golf course action yeah. uh, should always be a wildflower. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, public housing yeah. like that—that's a double. Doesn't right get there. much better than that. That's a twofer, as they call a two-four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Iron Weeds. Hope you enjoyed it. I've been posting on Instagram more so that you folks can see my beautiful art that I spend much time creating for Hell this yeah. show. And never stuff. using AI. And I never use AI. Yeah. Only Photoshop. And I steal images from other places on the yeah. internet. The ethical way of getting around copyright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm stealing copyright from like Reuters, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. They weren't using it. No. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a live show coming up. We do September twenty second. September twenty second. Okay. Yeah. What was it like six p.m. I think. Uh, seven p.m. Seven p.m. And um, it is a private venue, so if you want to get on the guest list, send us an email at ironweedspot at gmail dot com, and we will see about adding you to it. And this research has been uh, fun, uh, and I'm really liking what you've been putting into the uh, the show notes. It's so going to be fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very excited for uh, this episode. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. We're going to try our best to record it so we can publish it, but I'm not confident in our ability to get a solid quality I, reporting. I got it. Okay. I'm on, right. I'm on the en- audio engineering on this. I'm okay. going to bring the whole, the whole deal. Bring the whole get up. The whole uh, probably not this particular one because listener, I've recently upgraded in an effort it's to true. make uh, the next zombie Giuliani record uh, a little less dog shit in terms of uh, quality of audio recording. Um, I got a new sound card. And so this one's like, a rack-based system that is built into the furniture of this room. But I'm going to borrow the one that I uh, gave to my buddy, and that will be the same setup as we've had during our all the whole, years yeah, past, yeah, the last four years. So we should be in good shape. All right, cool. All right. Well, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, Ironweedspod, and on Instagram, Ironweedspod, and you can send us an email at Ironweedspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace.